Hello and welcome to another episode of Bare Minimum Babe. My name is Amanda Cunningham and I am the founder and host. Today's episode is about how we attach emotions to things and that causes us to hold on to them way too strongly because everything is emotional and we've invested way too much into that and emotions can be messy entangled and they attach meaning to things that might not have bigger meanings or bigger purpose. And this can hold us back from stepping back objectively on how to improve. And so I'm going to talk about taking, you know, cold, hard looks at things in my life and my career that when I stepped back and I was able to, when I was finally able to take emotions out of it, and look at it in black and white, it didn't make logical sense to keep going in certain directions because uh, the energy output and input just weren't close to even being a good match. Like they weren't even really close to being equal. And I was having this realization of how pushing forward because of my emotional attachments was holding me back from pivoting to a better solution or at the very least pausing to think about it. So that is what today's episode is going to be about. Before I get into today's episode... I want to quickly again talk about the offer that I will be having for this next month until the end of February 2023. I am offering free 60-minute marketing and consultation calls until the end of this month. So go to the show notes to fill out a quick Google form to get a call with me about that. And so basically the point of these calls is I want this call to be free-flowing and I want it essentially to boil down to what is the biggest problem that you'd love a solution for right now. What do you want someone to help you figure it out? And I mostly center on like marketing stuff like that um, because I've had like eight years of digital marketing experience and just general marketing experience. But it can be anything about creating and achieving goals, improving your marketing skills for your career and or business, pinpointing and leaning into your unique selling point. And yes, everyone has one and coaching through slumps and burnout and things like that related to that stuff and just kind of pushing past that to move forward. Because I originally created this offer and just generally this bare minimum bay because I felt overwhelmed with all the bombarding of media images and like hustle and hustle monster boss babes, you know, saying that you have to hustle, hustle, hustle. And here's all these things. And I just felt like I was in constant overwhelm and scarcity comparison mode. And I don't think that we have, have to do that. So Um, This call is for you. It's your time. Like I said, I would love to get on a call with you. It's a free 60 minute marketing and consultation call. So just go to the episode show notes in when you're done listening or right now, whenever, and just click on that form and just fill out that quick Google form and then we can get a call set up. So without further ado, let's get into the episode today. I like to think that I am a logical and strategic person, and so do most people, probably for the most part, right? Because who wants to say, I'm really emotional and make most of my decisions and my life choices with the whims of my emotions? But we do, and I, advertisers know this. And for example, that's why commercials t- center on making you feel something. A lot of times that's like FOMO or feeling left out. Like they never say, like, Amanda, you have enough shoes. But when you've worn through those current shoes, hit us up because we're well priced and we have nice insoles, so they're comfy. So yeah, they'll be a good time. No, like they show you how cool you're gonna look in them, how others have them, and like put you in different scenery to highlight how you'll feel when you're wearing them and all the things you can do. Like they don't, they're talk, they're like trying to talk to you about like FOMO essentially like look how you can feel and look like they're trying to make you have a feeling it's also why we're addicted to social media like if we were making logical decisions based on straight facts we'd have to question like why am I spending five hours a day on Instagram reels or TikToks or whatever that doesn't sound like a good use of my time I'm gonna put my phone down and read like no we don't be- because we're going for that instant happiness and dopamine hit and Instagram there's whole um, documentaries about this about how they trigger certain chemical feelings in our body 
And so it like rewards us. So we're not making a lot of our decisions logically. We're doing it based on feelings that we get or don't get for them. So all of our decisions involve some form of emotion, but we don't need to try to kill this fact. We just need to understand it, that we're not as rational as we think, myself included, of course. So the closer scientists look, the clearer it becomes how much we're actually like animals. We essentially have dog brains with a human cortex kind of just stuck on top. And that's how we're quote unquote civilized. And this cortex is just recent in evolutionary history. It's what enables us to plan, deliberate, and decide things that are longer term. But not a second goes by that our ancient dog brains aren't conferring and talking to and working together with those modern cortexes to influence their choices. So a recent study say, showed that patients with damage to the part of their prefrontal cortex that it uh, processes emotions or in a way listens to them. And those with injuries to parts of the limbic system, which are an ancient group of brain structures important to generating emotions, they, these patients with this damage often struggle with making even basic decisions. And so there's something critical happening in decision-making between the emotional sides of our brains and the reasonal and like quote unquote rational parts of our brain. The brain is constantly working out the risks and rewards for every action that we take. And these risks and rewards are primarily emotionally based. Like you take a new job, for example, because you want to pay bump because then you can pay for your house and your medical needs and all those basic things. But like anything beyond your basic needs, it's all what you want and the feelings that you're going to get based on those things. So like what it says about your status in society, you want to feel cool, you want to feel like a top god. You can now afford things that make you feel certain, like you can go to Disneyland, you can buy like better face care so you can feel like nice and confident or what, like it's all feelings based, like you'll have a sense of accomplishment, feelings based. And it's not discounting that we like to chase things, but that chasing things is part of the feeling. We're doing it because it's fun. We're not doing it because we technically need more money as an example, right? And maybe you want a better job because, you know, you have a high credit card debt or something like that, but maybe that credit card is so high because you keep spending it on things that give you fun short-term experiences like vacation, new clothing, restaurants, instead of saying, you know, no to yourself and thinking through it logistically that if you don't have the money, then you shouldn't spend it because it'll make you anxious to pay later. But we typically don't do this. We go for the quick emotional reward, which isn't rational. I myself do this too. It's why I go to like like nice coffee shops for like getting out of the house and stuff like that because it makes me feel nice while I'm drinking the like oversweetened coffee it's not because I actually quote unquote need the caffeine because if that were true I would just drink like crappy drip coffee from my house from my husband's coffee machine it's a different thing like I'm not going for like the re like the rational why I'm doing it it's like the emotion and what it makes me feel doing that action so much of the traffic between the primitive and modern parts of our brain are devoted to like the conscious calculation of risks and rewards. So we need that emotional side of our brain to even make decisions, like just period. In an economics experiment, participants were pitted against each other in a simple negotiation. And this is very similar to a show that I used to watch as a kid. It was called Friend or Foe. Um, so if you watch this back, I think in like the early 2000s, this kind of experiment will sound familiar because they basically created the entire show off of this thing. It's basically just testing game theory, which is like a political um, theory or like, I think it's economic. I don't, I don't remember. My husband talks about it all the time. He studied political science stuff. Um, anyways, it's a basic game theory play out where like in theory you want everyone wants to benefit but that's not how it typically works out because there's trust involved so in an economics experiment 
Participants were pit against each other in a simple negotiation. One player has a $10 bill to split with a second player. The first player can offer the second player any amount from zero to 10, and she gets to keep the change, but only if you accept her offer. If you don't accept the offer, then neither of you gets anything. So if she offers you $0 and tries to keep the 10, obviously you're going to say no, because why would you want her to benefit? You don't benefit at all, right? So that doesn't make sense. But if she offered you a dollar and she kept nine, in theory, you'd keep even the dollar because that was a dollar that you didn't have before. So according to game theory, you should accept whatever she offers, however small, like I said, because getting some money for free is better than getting none at all, right? But wrong in these experiments, when the offer dwindles down to just a couple dollars, people on the receiving end consistently turn it down. And then when the experimenters asked why they turned it down, why they didn't take the free money, the participants said in so many words that they rejected the lowball offer because they were mad at the partner for being so stingy and greedy, who of course also gets nothing if the offer is denied. So in theory, like you would just offer half, half, but the person who's offering the money in their mind is like, well, I'm going to try to get the most I can because then we can both get something because in theory, $2 for them is better than no money. But if they don't offer half, half is like an even situation, then the participants on the receiving end got mad. And this is basically like the friend or foe situation. I forget exactly the point of the show, like what they were offering, but like they had to trust that the other person was going to be fair. And so they had to trust that person and they put their trust in that person to also do the fair thing or else neither of them got anything. It was like, you'd have to look it up. But anyways, it was interesting. So I was basically just playing out game theory. But anyways, the point of this is that this doesn't make rational sense because then of course everyone loses, but this is most people, this is what most people choose because the truth is that all of our decisions are rooted in emotions and the rational pieces and logistics are just part of the calculation process. The deciding factor is how we feel about that decision. Like emotions will always win, which is why like if they were upset about the lowball offer, they said, screw it. I don't want them to get anything either. I don't care if I get anything. And I felt those things before. It's like just being spiteful for the sake of like, no, I don't want them to be happy either. Screw it. Like neither of us gets anything. You know, it's like ratting on your sibling when you're like fighting and your mom's like, knock it off or it's going to be taken. And I'm like, screw it. I don't want her to have it either. So you just like, all right, fine. I don't want it. So none of you gets it. It's that emotional part of like, I don't want her to have it. So I'm willing to like spite my own, like I'm willing to lose something for myself. So you're unhappy too. It's emotional. It's not logical. Understanding that humans make decisions with emotions and not logic is important. This is why a lot of our habits and our reactions and our relationships, whatever, oftentimes don't make sense, especially to outside observers. Like we're not using logical sense to decide if we want to break up with a toxic spouse. Like we keep going back and forth with them or why we stay up late every single night, even though we know we're going to be tired the next day because it happens every single night. Or it's why we don't pay off all our debt or check our bank account sometimes, or like actually look at the long-term effects of like buying a new expensive boots. Or like we don't skip the large fries when they ask if we want to up, like supersize them. We usually say yes. We make decisions on the emotions attached, like what we think it'll bring us in terms of our emotions in our lives and the level of emotional investment that we've already put into this, like the toxic spouse, like you've already invested so much emotionally that it's like terrifying to start over. And like, you're not, you're too entrenched in the emotion in that situation to actually see like, it's not logistically good for my life. So we're always emotional. And I know this is a dreaded word and accusation, especially to women, like to make literally anyone angry, especially women, all you have to say is like, you're being emotional right now, because oftentimes emotions are used against us, like being, having emotions is turned against us. 
but everyone is both genders, both men and women and everything in between humans are just run on emotions. The difference is how we exhibit these emotions in societally acceptable ways. So women are allowed to cry and throw tantrums essentially as like a grown woman. I say tantrums in the sense that you're allowed to show like crying and like just being reactive, but then it turned against you saying you're too emotional. Men are allowed to be angry and basically mad is like their anger is like the way they're allowed to be emotional. So they would just exhibit them differently based on how society allows us to exhibit these emotions. So in order to be more objective and rational in our decisions, when it's possible, we need to step back and realize that we're making decisions with our emotionals. Like we need to realize that we're not being as rational as we think we are. And this is like really difficult. It took me forever to do figure this out on like a certain thing in my life. And I was like, oh, I'm making this decision emotionally. This isn't logical. So we need to look at black and white facts and measure up how they fit with our emotions in it. Like, and if they don't match, that's fine. But a new understanding is born out of what you're doing and why you're doing it, essentially. Like, for example, you understand that smoking cigarettes is physically damaging and you want to quit, but you can't seem to, right? Like classic story of you can't quit. And this inability to quit a bad habit is probably something bigger than just a nicotine addiction. Like the same thing as me with my biting my nails. I used to bite my, like I still bite my nails. And it's not because I think biting my nails is fun. Like, no, like fingers are gross. I understand. I've seen all the things of like the stuff under my nails. I've seen like my, I've got like a flat spot on my teeth where they keep grinding to like bite the teeth. And anyways, like all the stuff, right. With like how it's not a good habit, but I keep doing it because it's not because I'm doing it because it's a logical decision. I'm doing it because it helps me quell my anxiety. And it's like, it's certain, certain things trigger me and I'll just all of a sudden be biting my nails. And it's an emotional thing. Like it's an emotional release. It's like a physical, like getting out of my head, I guess, and doing it right. Like it's not because I'm making a good decision logically or like consciously. It's just because it feels good in the moment. The same thing with smoking cigarettes, right? Like it's probably something bigger than just that nicotine addiction. Like maybe you feel cool or like you get a quick anxiety release when you have that first inhale or like maybe you started on high school. So you kind of sometimes will think like this is like you have an image of yourself and how you want to feel and how you look. And so you think of that and that had good times. And, or maybe your grandmother was like a chain smoker and like she would share stuff with you. And then you were close to her and she died last year. And like, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. The point is that there are bigger emotions attached. And if it were just the logistics in your rational mind, everything that's bad for you would be way easy to quit and good things for you would be super easy to start. Like you would never stop. Right. So you could quit smoking, no problem, but it's not as simple as that because we're not rational creatures. So if it's bad for us, why do we keep doing it? Because it's not bad for us. Not totally. Right. Like the smoking gives you a good feeling. Somehow me biting my nails gives me a good feeling. Somehow we get a good feeling and we have some type of positive reward for that quote unquote bad thing or relationship or decision or whatever that we hang on to. It gives us something just even if it's immediate, it doesn't even have to be long term because we're not thinking long term a lot of times in these types of situations. And again, we probably also have sunk costs on emotions into certain things because we feel like we can't cut and run because we've already invested so much. And so starting over would be kind of devastating. And for me, I realized this, this is my example of when I was working towards becoming a published songwriter. And I don't know where I am in this journey just yet, but the point of me sharing this story is to show what brought me to pause in like black and white and stuff like that and realize I was doing things based in emotion, which again is fine. It's just was like I was creating certain problems for myself and then expecting different results every time I did it because I wasn't looking at logic and the actual rationale, rationale behind these things. I was 
making decisions through emotion. So I was working for free, essentially. So with the music industry, um, if you want to be a published songwriter, you have tons of unpaid co-writes, which are where you write songs with other songwriters. And you do this almost every day, multiple times a day, a lot of times in the hopes of something gets cut, meaning that an artist will record your song and something will happen with it, right? Or a publisher becomes interested and wants to sign you onto a deal, aka you get like a small yearly salary and they handle business stuff for you and they get you into bigger rooms with bigger rights, with bigger artists. And then like fingers crossed, you'll get a billboard top like one, number one, right? And so I got into this because I love singing and I love songwriting. And so the next logical quote unquote step is then to go into professional songwriting, artistry, whatever. So that's why I quit my marketing job back in 2019 to do so. And I'm just going to share how that went basically. So with trying to be a professional songwriter, right? You, like I said, you work long hours and you creatively give everything you've got day after day after day in the hopes that something works out. And at a certain point I was co-writing every day, sometimes twice a day for almost a year. And I became so burnt out that eventually I would see my calendar and think, God, I hope they cancel. And then when they didn't cancel, I was low key, always kind of like, Oh, fine. I'll show up fine. And you know, I'd put on a smiley face or whatever, but I would like begrudgingly show up sometimes and kind of phone it in and like play at writing a song and interacting. But I wasn't like fully there mentally. I was like only mentally half in the room and the other half I was on the couch like zoning out watching Netflix like not using my brain at all because it was just so creatively dead and in the industry this is just how it works like this isn't like wrong like this is how it works even like you know going back and forth in Nashville this is how it works this is how like even like the big writers who have like Grammys and blah 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 this is how they were told this is how they got it right you're told to write, write, write every day with anyone, anywhere to get better, to network, to build habit, whatever, but you're never paid like ever, except when you get a pub deal. And even then it's measly because even the songwriters in publishing deals, they usually get a salary, but that salary is required to be paid back to the publisher before you see any money from the songs that you write that are cut by an artist. So like if I wrote a song and I don't know, Marin Morris cut it and I had a publishing deal, I would have to pay any money that song made would have to go first towards the publisher to read that minimum of what they paid me basically to get that song. And then anything after that I keep, which is basically like a record deal. It's the same kind of thing. Like whatever they pay in marketing to you, you have to essentially earn that back before they start giving you money. So it's really just kind of like an front, like you're not like a front. It's kind of like an investment, like an investment, like you have to pay that back before you get any money first. So I promise I'm not doing this wrong, right? This is unfortunately how the business works. And it's why a lot of songwriting issues are in the news with songwriters and artists or whatever, not being treated fairly and paid to work and being taken for granted, like blah, blah, blah. I was choosing a path that logically didn't make sense logistically and financially. And I knew that going into it, but I had emotions attached, right? So after I was doing this for like a full year, full time, right? I didn't realize this wasn't working for me because I had so many emotions attached to this idea of what I was going after and the like who I would want to be and the people I would be with and blah, blah, blah. And there's also like the dopamine hits of writing new parts of a song, having a good conversation and like sharing a connection with another person. And like that, like, I guess that high when you've written something good and you feel that connection with that person. And of course, like I imagine like getting Billboard 100, like, you know, top one and like how that would feel or whatever. And it's not like that can't happen, but the odds are like super, 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 super low. Right. And I wasn't able to realize this path wasn't working for me until at the end of the year when I was burnt out and I looked at the facts essentially in black and white on my income spreadsheet and all of this unpaid labor of course had gotten me of course nothing financially really and was obviously taking away from time I could have been spending doing something more 
fiscally responsible for myself. And I was feeling anxious all the time of feeling like I have to make this ton of money. Like I have to do this gig. I have to do this thing because I don't have any money. And like, ugh, it's so like, I was just stressed, right? Like I'm anxious because I don't have money. Um, and I was not making quote unquote enough, but this was because I was spending that time on things that might never make any money. I was working on free for free on hopes and dreams. I was making choices based on emotion and not logic. It wasn't until I was burnt out and looking at that spreadsheet and like suddenly the two plus two no longer equaled four for me, essentially like in numerical black and white, it was clear that something needed to change. And I decided to not schedule any more co-writes and I started to politely like cancel all the ones that I didn't feel like super great about that were like, eh, it'll be fine, but I don't like it's whatever. So I started like politely canceling. And eventually after like I don't know, two months, my schedule was essentially kind of freed up and I decided to focus my time and effort and all those things on the income streams that were making me most money. Like, and I actually had like a, I guess it was like a conscious decision. Cause I was talking to my friend about this, like the next week I realized like I was doing this and I looked at my spreadsheet and I was like, I realized that if I, if this were like a business, like a coffee shop or like, I don't know, like a printing business, like literally any kind of business that was like no really emotions, it was just about like revenue if I looked at the spreadsheet, what am I spending the most time on? That's not giving me an ROI return on investment. And like, what would I lean into? Because clearly something's not matching here. And I realized it just wasn't, it wasn't lining up. And it was because I was doing things emotionally and not like, if I were running this as a business, this, this is dumb. Like these are dumb business decisions and you could call it an investment in the future because it could pay off. Right. But it might never. And that's, I have to accept that. But like, if that's not making me happy, even in the journey to do it, something's got to change. Right. So like I said, I canceled the co-writes and with this, this decision, it meant that I also needed to step back and pause and figure out what this meant for my overall career and how much I cared about those consequences. Because like I said, this is how you would get it. Like having all these free, like constant co-writes and traveling and doing all these things for free for hours and hours and years and years. Like this was how essentially you make it a lot of times. Like this is, this is how it works. And so if I don't do that, I'm throwing the odds like 80 times more unlikely in my favor, which were already super unfavorable. And so with that decision to kind of cut all this stuff out, I essentially had lots of reflection of figuring out like just general my life goals. And it was like a rough couple of months. It was like an, a, dif a difficult emotional decision for me because like I said, it was like essentially not giving. It was, it was realizing that if I did this, it meant I had a very slim chance of ever quote unquote making it in the entertainment industry because I was making it even slimmer. And at that point, does it even make sense to keep doing it all? Like if the odds are so low, like and I'm not even doing something that could like 20% put them in my favor, not even tw like 2%. Does it make sense to just call it a bad fit and pivot to something else? I still don't know in the songwriting and artist music industry realm what I'm doing with it. Uh, I'm kind of just taking a pause and I realize it doesn't really matter. Like it took a minute to realize like it's okay. I was worried like, you know, if I wasn't going to be friends with people that I'd, you know, worked relationships, like to build relationships and like went down to, you know, Nashville to spend time with them and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Amanda, if they're your actual friends and they'll still be your friends, like you won't be able to relate on everything and you won't be doing certain things together. Yeah, sure. But you'll still be friends. And the people that you're not going to talk to because you're not doing some things, then that's probably, maybe that wasn't a real friend. And you know, like it's, maybe that's okay. And so anyways, I realized 
it doesn't matter right now for me. I'm doing what feels better for me was again, realizing that I was just holding on to something that actually wasn't serving me because of the emotions attached and I can change my mind and that's okay. And that was also what inspired the episode 19. If you want to go back and listen to that, it was me talking, like realizing, like putting all of this kind of stuff into words. I didn't talk about this exact situation in the episode, but it was the inspiration and why I went back and forth forever because I was like, am I a quitter? Am I quitting? Am I giving up? What What am I doing? Am I giving up because it was hard? Or am I like just changing my mind because I realized in the weeds and stuff like that, I didn't actually like it. And so that's episode, are you a quitter or did you just change your mind? And I really like that episode. I had a, a friend of mine listen to it. She was like, oh my God, yes, to all of this. I feel this all the time and I'm afraid to like quit things because it, I have these internal connotations that I'm giving up and like, what will people think about me? And she was like, I think I'm just, cha- I just changed my mind. And I loved hearing you put that into words. Anyways, I really like that episode. So that's, are you a quitter or did you change your mind? Episode 19. Um, anyway, so what mattered to me and still matters to me right now is that I wanted to make more logical and rational based decision for my income than an emotional one, because again, everything's based on emotion. All decisions decisions are, but I realized in black and white, that emotional decision wasn't helping me. And it was creating feelings of anxiety that I didn't have before when I wasn't doing it as emotionally. And so no matter what I said to justify to myself that this could pay off or whatever, like no matter what I said, it just didn't sit right. And I, it wouldn't stop the constant worry and obsession with, with the issue and that, that I, I didn't have quote unquote enough. And the way to quell that anxiety was to change my decisions and the actions and to no longer make them from an emotional place. Like I was able to realize they were from an emotional place and it wasn't actually working in the logistics of like the consequences of those decisions. And so I had to let go of the person that I thought I wanted to be how I wanted to, like, I believed I wanted to live my life, the future I saw for me and my family, what I thought it could get me, the people I thought it, you know, the decision to do that, the decision to stop co-writing, let me, was enabling for me to let go of things that were much more, I was putting out much more energy than I was getting back from it. And it would help me realize that is like putting that pause, like it gave me the time to breathe and think. And it's what led me to create Bare Minimum Babe it's what made me realize also that I didn't hate marketing the way I thought I did. Um, like I had previously hated my marketing job. That's why I quit in 2019 too, is again, I wanted to be a full-time musician. So I, I've been doing that for two years, but I also hated my marketing jobs. And I thought that I hated marketing. I hated like being in the weed, whatever. But what I hated actually, and what made me realize this is, is, is this, is that I hated my previous corporate marketing jobs was because I hated being told what to do by bosses. I didn't respect like a lot of times in the corporate world and like any world, right. With a job is that managers aren't actually good managers. They're just maybe good at a task and they keep being promoted up. And so they weren't actually good at like handling people. And I'm one of, I'm a person who likes to know the why, like, I don't like policies just because the policies are like, I like to know the why behind it, why it's happening, whatever. And so if you just kind of say like the parent, like, because I told you so, I'm like, mm, that doesn't jive with me. I'm not going to do it. And so I basically undermine it the entire time. So anyways, <laughs> I didn't like that. And I didn't like the people who I didn't respect telling me to a- execute on tasks that I thought were dumb and pointless because that's what we were being told to do. I just hated that. I don't hate marketing. I'm actually really good at it. I'm good at like implementing things. I'm good at strategizing. I'm good at like figuring out what like works, what doesn't work, what fits with you kind of thing. I do like helping people just like I liked helping 
artists and other songwriters share their story in songwriting when I was doing that was part of what I really loved about it was talking to them, figuring out how they wanted to share what they were comfortable sharing, how they wanted to say it. And then of course you have to go back and forth to kind of like figure out how to talk to people to be like, you can't be like, no, that's a dumb idea. You have to be like, um, yeah, no, that's good. But what if we did like something like that? Like you have to like valid, you have to learn how to validate things, but then also be like, well, have you thought about this? Like a therapist or something, right? Like you can't just be like, no, that's dumb. And I like doing that with other people in terms of marketing and sales and stuff like that too. We're like, yeah, that's a good idea. I think maybe we should look into that, but also have you thought about this too? Like this could be something cool too. So now instead of doing it through songwriting or just pausing on that right now, I want to help businesses and entrepreneurs share their story and increase sales with marketing and consulting and, and figuring out that. But I only had this realization that I liked this aspect and helping people basically is that is I, I like helping people lean into what they're good at and what's true to them. But it only came about because I let go of what no longer was serving me because of the emotional attachments of another me and another life that I was picturing. So, and I realized that was missing before in like the corporate jobs and it was just freedom and meaning. And I now have that with Bare Minimum Babe. I'm creating my own meaning for it of helping people with marketing and sales and figuring out goals and all those things. Like I talked about earlier in the call with the, um, the free marketing consultation call, which again, it just signed up in the link in the episode show notes, but I'm now finding meaning with that. And it also gives me the freedom to be more like innovative and figure out different solutions for different people. Instead of having to feel like I have to force something on somebody like this is like what we're promoting. So this is what you should be doing. Like, that's not how it works, you know? And so that's, I don't know. I feel better about it, you know? And that's because I started making a decision based on rational facts. And now I'm making them emotionally again, because I like doing it, right? Like I'm still making emotional decisions, but I was able to do that because I looked back at a decision rationally, realized it wasn't working, decided to pivot. And if something stops working with bare minimum babe, for example, I'm going to try to step back and be like, okay, what's not working logistically? Like not emotionally. What have I spent a lot of time in, put a lot of energy into what I thought was going to work? What is working for real? If you looked at the facts of certain things in your life in black and white and emotions weren't involved, what would you cut from your life? And then what would you add? And I know this is like difficult to step back and picture because it also takes a minute to realize you're even making certain emotions or certain decisions, but it's really helpful to look at something that maybe like you're feeling a certain way constantly, like in a negative state. And instead of like, just kind of keep repeating, thinking that you'll get a better emotion, step back and look at the facts and just, if the emotions weren't involved and you were just looking at things that if they were actually working or not working, would you cut them from your life? Like, would you change them? Would you add something else? Thank you for listening to this episode of Bare Minimum Babe. I hope this episode was in some way helpful for you and just kind of realizing that we hold on to things, not because we're dumb or lazy or whatever. It's just because we make things decisions emotionally. And even if it seems like a bad decision, it brings us something positive, at least in the short term or else we wouldn't be making it. Like we're not just dumb and we're not just like making poor decisions for the sake of making not even poor. Like it doesn't have to be like, it's quote unquote bad, right? Like it doesn't, things aren't good or bad. They just have consequences that you either want or don't want essentially. Right. So I hope this episode was helpful for you and it gave you some context. I know it gave me context when I was thinking about it and doing the research and things like that. So 
I know I liked this episode. I hope you did too. If you liked it, please give it a five-star review. I appreciate it. And I also want to quickly again say that I am offering free 60-minute, free, 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 60-minute marketing and consultation calls until the end of February 2023. And if you are listening to this after February 2023, that's a mouthful, 2023. Um, please still go to the bareminimumbabe.com website. I will still have some type of offer. It might just be a different time. Like instead of 60 minutes, it might be 30 or 15 or whatever. There'll be something still there. So please check it out still. But in the episode show notes, there is a Google form link. It's just like a like, quick little intake form for the call. Um, just to get like basic, like your name, your email, so we can get into contact and like what you'd actually want to talk about. So we can have a call that is like productive, um, or we can kind of figure out what it is that you want a solution or outside thoughts for or whatever it is, because basically I would want you to fill out the form and go into this call with the question of what's the biggest problem I love a solution for right now. And what do I want to help what do I want someone to help me figure out? Like, what is that thing? And the call again, is free flowing. It's going to be your time. And we can chat about like creating and achieving goals, improving your marketing skills for your career and our business, pinpointing and leaning into your unique selling point. And yes, everyone has one. Just like a quick summary of like some things I've talked about with people is like, one person filled out the form. She was really, really nice. She wanted to change careers and she's been a teacher her whole life basically. And she wanted to figure out how to recreate her resume. This is all again, a marketing situation. This is all, this is messaging and how you're communicating to people, but she wanted to figure out how she could take her skills and knowledge and all those things and pivot into a completely different career. And she wanted some help on just how to basically redo that and kind of like what to look for and kind of like how to communicate with people and how to position her, herself for those things. Um, and I helped her work through that as well. And another person, for example, was we were doing straight marketing stuff and looking at her, her business and her offers and figuring out like, okay, you're spending a lot of time on this thing over here. And I know you really want this long term, but instead of like doing X, Y, th Z thing to like make the money to, to basically do this thing, why don't you look at the aspects of your business over here? What's already making you money with like minimal effort? And she said after the call and like, I have like a little survey feedback form. She was like, I felt really good about this. She was like, I hadn't, hadn't thought about that part of my business in a while. I just left it on autopilot, but you're right. Like I should lean into that and create something bigger with that. So it funds the other stuff and then even expand the thing that is making me money because that makes sense right now. And I do like doing it. So it doesn't make sense just to ignore it. So Literally, they're completely different things, but it's all around marketing because it's all positioning and it's all messaging and like your story and all those things. So with that, I will say again, I hope that you will fill out the form because I'd love to talk to you about these things. And I know you can achieve your goals and do all these awesome things without transforming into a hustle monster boss, babe. I know you can. Um, so yeah, fill out the form. And if you liked this episode, please give a five star review if you feel so inclined. And I will be in your ears next week with another episode. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye.